Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father, come and glorify your name. Please bless whoever might be listening to this thing, whenever they may be, and wherever they are. So, Father, come into their lives in a unique way right now. Show them the vinegar that needs to be purged. And show them, Father, more importantly, that it's possible for you to come into their lives in a new way. My brothers, you know, it's one of those prayer preaching things, you know. I'm sure you all do this. I, I know I tend to do this. But as I'm praying for you, I'm envisioning sort of a reluctance, a hesitancy based on some sort of a sense of um, of unworthiness or some sort of a sense of it's impossible to, for God to move in my life. And I, I just rebuke that in Jesus' name. If I have any authority in your life right now, I rebuke that in his name. And I, and I challenge you to take this authority in his name and rebuke this sentiment that says, that somehow you're too far gone for God to move in your life. That is not true. It's completely a falsehood. So you need to somehow allow God to heal you of that falsehood so that he can move in your life in a new way. You know, God needs permission from us to do that. He's not just going to, you know, you know, generally speaking anyway. I mean, he's God. He created us without our consent because he's not going to save us without our consent. We need to allow him to move in our lives. So do it today in Jesus' name. Let's read. My recording studio kind of changed a little bit, so I've got to kind of make hay while the sun shines. But uh, let's, let's read from the letter of James. This is from the reading from today, and we've got letter of James uh, to the 12 tribes in the, in the dispersion. Greetings. We're not going to read the whole chapter one. We're going to read just the ones from today, which is of chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. Blessed is the man who endures trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good endowment, every perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So today, what I want to focus on is just that one verse from uh, verse 14, that we are lured and enticed by our own desires. You know, I, I there's a lot of men that I meet, and I'm going to say this, and it might not be, you know, I don't know. I, I think that there's a segment in Christian society, and evangelical Christian society, let's say with the Catholics that I've met, let's just talk to my own small world where you can't, there's certain sins you don't talk about. You know, like, let's say lust. This is something that I've experienced tremendous freedom in Christ from. And I have struggled with lust in the past. And I, I still struggle with lust, but in, in different ways. But I use this because it's a personal example, but it's also a common example. A lot of men that I minister to, a lot of men that I serve, and I, I love serving these men. Lust is a challenge. And when I talk to, to, to priests about you know, hey, how was confessions today? He said, yeah, it was great. You know, they won't give any specific details, but I would, you know, I just ask, hey, is there anything we should be focusing on? And sometimes when they, if they feel willing or, or, or able to, they would disclose, 
well, lust is kind of a, ch- a challenge, you know, in general, it's, they wouldn't be, they would try to be vague as possible. They don't want to give any details or give any hints of anything, but it, it's a challenge. When I talk to men, and even myself, I use this too. We talk about uh, falling into lust, falling into it. I fell, I know I fell into it today. Or, I, you know, I was walking, you know, and, and it kind of, the image that I get when I think of this, I think of um, me walking along a path. Do-de-do, do-de-do, look at the sun, the rain, the sunshine. Oh, it's beautiful. Blah, 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 blah. Look at the flowers. Do-de-do. Oh, I fell. You know, just sort of minding my own business and I trip and fall and I end up in a bunch of mud. And, and I think the, the, the thing that's being missed with that kind of a language with ourselves is, it's just the reality that James talks about that we are lured and enticed by our own desires. So I was talking, chatting with a man about a week ago, and he was talking about how he was struggling with pornography and that he, um, you know, he just felt awful. And I, and I, and yeah, I, I get it. You feel awful that you sinned into something that you find you just do not want to do. It's kind of like St. Paul's thing. You know, I, I, no matter how hard I try, I keep doing this thing that I don't want to do. And, and you know better, but you end up doing it anyway. And But his language was the same, I'm going to call it a detached language that says, I fell into pornography. And, and so what I've started to do recently was I started to stop um, soft-stepping around it and just talking about it head on. I said, no, you didn't fall into it. How did you get there? Well, you know, I, you know, I turned the private browsers on and, and I went on to Safari and I, and I used this and that and the other thing. And I said, listen... You choo- you chose to go there and not and you didn't divert your, your path. You chose to go there when you opened up your browser and you clicked on that private window view. That's when you started. And then you continued down that path and you continued on that path until, yeah, you fell. But you fell because you turned your blinders on when you turned on the private browsing, when you made the conscious choice to turn on your internet browser. The, the choice that you made to enter down that path happened a long time ago. And so I think that we need to get to a point with our own selves and understand and acknowledge what is it about my desires and and my attractions that I'm enticed by pornography or that I'm enticed by gossip. You know, gossip is so destructive. You know, there's gossip and slander. They're really connected. I'm not, listen, I've said this hundreds of times, I'm not a theologian, and, I'm, and my intent here is to be more organic and off the cuff than anything formulaic or, or, or pre-planned. The only thing I had pre-planned today was I want to talk about James. But uh, gossip and slander are two extremely destructive things. You might have actual truth about somebody that so-and-so struggles with a certain sin, or so-and-so said that to that other guy. You know, that might be true, and it might be awful. But it doesn't give you the right, just because you know that it happened, doesn't give you the right to tell somebody else about it. Even if it's under the guise of praying for that person, it doesn't give you the right to disclose all the details. All of these things are destructive. But it's the path that you take to get there is where you got to cut it off. It's, it's understanding what am I enticed by? What is it about me? that makes me enticed by slandering somebody? Do I feel insecure about my place in life? Do I want to be the top dog uh, in any given situation? What is it about me? 
that that makes me enticed by this thing. C.S. Lewis, he talks about this in his book, The Great Divorce. He talks about how um, we cannot get into hell with the tiniest treasure from heaven, just as we can't get into heaven with the tiniest treasure from hell. So what kind of hellish treasures are you clinging to that makes you enticed by a certain sin? You got to figure that out. And that goes back to the, the whole analogy of the candle. What are your heat sources that are leading you to get molded and fashioned into a certain direction that's away from God, away from how you're created to become? And unless you and I come to that realization of what it is that leads me to this thing, and unless you and I come to the realization of what it is that I need healing from and what kind of grace I need to ask God for, we're still going to continue to fall into those things. And I think step number one would be get rid of the language that says, the detached language that says, I've fallen and I can't get up. Really. <laughs> there, there, there is no medic alert <laughs> button that you can press. But sometimes we do that, don't we? we? We sort of say, oh, I've fallen. Oh, I've tripped. I've fallen. It's these stairs, these silly stairs that are in my way. I just tripped and I can't do it. You got to get rid of that language in your own self. Okay. Holy Spirit, come and show this person what it is.